G'day, my name's James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's really great to have your company for another recap podcast, this time for the Eiffel GP at the Nürburgring in Germany. Stick around as we recap the entire race. We talk about why Honda might be leaving Formula One and what Red Bull can do to fix it. And of course, we celebrate the first podium for Daniel Ricciardo in his time at Renault. So stick around. by people who were previously my friends, uh, but apparently only co-hosts now, Campy, Tommy T. Boys, Daniel Ricciardo is on the podium yes. for 2020 oh, boys. in Arena. Hey. Come on, <laughs> get in there. <laughs> get the chair <laughs> going. <laughs> Love it. Danny forgot the shoey, uh, but Campy was there in spirit uh, with him on the podium drinking. Boys, oh my goodness, I tell you what, the last couple of laps, we were speechless. Tommy was so speechless, in fact, he was about 10 laps behind because he fell asleep. Yeah, what happened there, Tommy? <laughs> so I was watching the formation lap, and then I was suddenly watching the 10th lap. And I was like, why is Seb spinning on the formation? Like, oh, shit, we're 10 laps in. Uh, back to the start. Let's watch that again. So I was running on a delay. So I put my phone away so you guys didn't ruin it for me. Yeah. And good call, too, oh, because it I've was it oh, yeah, so true. But you I was just... asleep at the best part of the best Grand Prix. <laughs> Listen, it is a bit hard in Australia to watch F1. Yes. Genuinely. It is a mission to stay up. Yeah. However, this was actually worth staying up for for a change. Redemption for Danny Rick from last fortnight. We were so close to getting the podium there as well. Uh, But look, that's that's all to come. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, News before we get into that, boys. Uh, The big thing that's happened in the last couple of days is that Honda has announced that they are leaving Formula One. Again, because uh, I couldn't have enough of doing that the first time. Uh, in, out. In, in, out. <laughs> in, out. Make a decision. Uh, of course, we all know how that ended last time with the success of Braun GP. It wasn't necessarily mm. because of uh, necessarily the, the Honda Power Unit. But look, it happened. Uh, a good thing rather happened for the team last time around. I'm not sure Red Bull are necessarily going to benefit from this, boys. Say, are, uh, you gonna win? are they going to win next year? <laughs> The year well, after? Well, they, the year after, yeah, probably, depending on what they do power unit-wise. But let's talk about what exactly this means. Uh, Campy, to you first, are you surprised at all that Honda are pulling out? Yep, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They've made a massive investment in F1 over the last five years, and for them to discontinue it due to a global economic crisis, or they don't think that the engines that they will be manufacturing in the next five to six years will have any road uh, implications for their road cars, to me, just doesn't make sense. Hmm. F1 is geared towards the highest and the best technology, and that technology then downflowing to their road cars and at a production level. I don't think we've moved away from that yet. Um, I think the technology is bloody good. The next five to six years, it's going to increase, and it's only going to get better. Um, Honda have made some decisions about moving to carbon neutrality by 2050, whatever that looks like for them. I think the money that they're spending in Formula One, whether it be just say it's half a billion dollars a year, on the whole scale of Honda as a business and what it actually does, it's money well worth spent because on a global scale, it's great marketing. Yep. Uh, you get to you think about 
the countries that we go that F1 goes to and some of the races that we have, just from a purely from a marketing perspective, it's worth its weight in gold. I think it's a dumb decision for them to walk away. So, Tommy T, uh, Karen Horn are probably pretty much straight on the phone <laughs> to Helmut Marco about uh, the announcement. Uh, your thoughts on what potentially lies ahead for Red Bull? I think he's going to get off the phone. He's going to get straight onto Cyril. He's going to be like, can we please have an engine back? Uh, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. It's interesting. So I think the big thing is Honda's probably finding that they're not getting enough recognition for the performance that Red Bull is receiving. We saw this with Renault when they were supplying engines and Red Bull was doing all the winning, but they probably weren't reaping the rewards. So they decided they wanted to be a works team and put their own team in. I think Honda's probably finding the same. They're investing a lot of energy and a lot of money, and unfortunately they're not reaping those marketing benefits, all those kind of things. And like Campy's totally right about the the technology, but this is very expensive technology, Yeah. and this elite version's probably not going to hit road cars because it's just impossible. These yeah, are the most... When- but when Honda comes out and says we are experiencing a once in one hundred year change mm. in in our technology for our sport, whatever money they're spending on F one will eventually have a flow on effect to their road and production cars. They might not see that value, but if we are genuinely in that one once once in one hundred year change, then yeah, surely F one is the smartest place to be. Well, I think because F one's identified that there's a few areas, so hydrogen fuel cells one. Biofuels that are another. I don't know if this hybrid electric version of super efficient things. So apparently like a road engine gets 30% efficiency. These are getting closer to 50%, Mm. but you have to spend so much money and energy to produce that 50% efficiency. So I think they're kind of finding a bit of a dead end with the current setup and they're thinking that maybe biofuels and hydrogen and all the things that F1 is going to explore are probably a better spend of money. You're talking this about current 50% technology. thermal efficiency. Yes. Yeah. Well, yep, producing yep. from from the fuel into energy, basically. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's much yep. more efficient, but that efficiency is not easy to find. Like we're getting very nerdy now, but I think Honda's going. You know what? This isn't going to translate to road cars like it used to. We used to look at all the things like curve systems, energy recovery, all those things that were brought brought in, and they're now on road cars. All the things that used to be in Formula 1, it used to be yeah. the testing ground. I think they're finding this technology is far too expensive for the gains you get, hmm. and there's probably some more low-hanging fruit that F1's going to explore. Yeah, but- it's, been inter- it's been interesting, I think, in terms of how this is going to perpetuate because – can't be right. It's, there's a hell of a lot of investment that's gone into this already. Uh, obviously, mm. COVID has has changed a lot in the world in terms of how people view this. The founder of Honda said, without racing, there is no Honda. So they're not necessarily stepping out of that. Uh, listening to Zach Brown on the most recent Formula One podcast, or his one, I should say, talking about how they invest in Indy, for example, because Formula One's not necessarily that big in North America yet. Yet it is a sport that is really around the world well well known and understood to be a great marketing platform. Someone like McLaren and Zach Brown saying that kind of level about this sport already and the fact that it's changing as we go into North America more and more and Miami is a good example of that when that finally stands up and Liberty Media and Haas and all those sort of other good things. Mm. It might, might be a little bit too premature. The other thing that's worth noting here is that even Cyril Abitable is starting to call on the FIA to potentially bring forward the changes in engine regulations from 2025, 26 to the end of 2021 so that we could see people like 
Porsche, for example, or Cosworth mm. or other team, uh, non-team manufacturers rather, being able to supply those engines again as well. Look, realistically, do we necessarily need Formula One to be at that technological point of the innovation anymore? I don't think so. Let's go back to V10s. Let's get them screaming around the place again. Well, F1 is an identity crisis at the moment. Mm. It doesn't want to be a fully electric um, car racing category because the fans don't like that. It's not what we want to see. The fans want to see... Mm-hmm. Loud as anything, V10s, turbocharged V6s and V8s that, yep. you know, you cannot even hear what you're saying to the person next to you mm. when we're racing around. And unfortunately, we're not ever going to get back to that. The purest in me and the old school says that's what we should be and that's what mm-hmm. we're going yep. to. But the reality is it's not. We're in an identity crisis and they need to figure it out. They really need to get some solid thinking about the way forward. We've had some rule changes, but with Honda leaving and deciding to to move on, it's given F1 as a company an interesting place in how to define where we go moving forward, and we haven't seen any good leadership on it yet. Ross Broad and the team have made it pretty clear that they're committed to a sustainable future and they want to be... Why? Well, they want to be carbon neutral by... X date or whatever they've said, they've made all these things that they want to do with Formula One. So they're pretty committed to this stuff, but they don't really have a roadmap of how they're going to do it. Yeah, but and Liberty I think Media get, says we're we're an entertainment sport. Well, this is what I'm going to come back to is there's there's an option now and you've got the seesaw of do we follow this eco must be accessible by the world or do we go this is an entertainment sport and people want to hear loud engines fast all these kind of things, or do we want this unattainable technology? It's it's insane to me that we're talking about it. Why can't we have the technology in our road cars and other categories? And then we go, you know what? Formula One is the pinnacle of the most elite drivers and the most elite cars, whether that is efficient, eco-friendly, et cetera, et cetera, or not. Oh, get woke, go broke. Get the NBA. <laughs> Look, I How think- How many people tuned in to watch the last game today? Hardly anyone. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Give the people what they want and that will be returned, their investment returned 10 times over. It's really simple. Yeah. Well, look, Keep all the bullshit aside and give us what we want to see (laughs) and people will flock to it. It's not hard. Uh, That is the world. I watched the NBA today. I was one of the two million. That is the world according to Campy (laughs) and it is the world according to Oz F1 too. Look, I think it's an entertainment sport. has to be. But part of that entertainment is the competition and the level that we are seeing and the the striving towards excellence. Just to say that it's entertainment like it's an arcade kind of game style is not the same thing. And I think that's that's something really to, to bring up. Anyway, Honda then leaving uh, Renault has to supply the engine if uh, they can't find another power unit supplier because they will have zero customer teams. Uh, Not bad for them to be able to have two teams to purchase the Renault, uh, although Ferrari have potentially been, uh, well, they've been asked if they would consider supplying the engines and uh, Tommy T. Bernardo gave a wonderfully clear answer. <laughs> I don't know. No. What did he say? Yeah, exactly. No one else no. really knows either. <laughs> it was a bit all over the place. The only clear answer we got was from like, Toto. Why do you want it? Toto said no. The board said no from Mercedes. They won't supply it. Uh, that's well, another good point. Why would no, you but- want a Ferrari motor? <laughs> no, Can I get Toto- an engine out of a tractor, please? <laughs> Toto said we're already supplying five race teams and we're at our absolute capacity in yep. order to do so. We can't do we can't do anymore. Now, Mercedes don't want to give Red Bull a motor because Red Bull will show up their works team. Big times. Yep. Ferrari that era would be insane. Ferrari is supplying 
three teams at the moment themselves, Alfred, um, whatever Romeo. it's called. Uh, one of the Alphas. And Haas. Now, they're the team that you would logically go to to get the engine from. Yep. But again, Ferrari has veto power and political... Uh, dominance. Political dominance in this sport, they get their way. Yeah. Renault is the only option left forward. Now, Red Bull have a pretty solid um, history with Renault and their <laughs> nice engines. Put it. No, it fell apart in the last couple of years, but I mean, you think heyday. about They had a heyday. They supplied them since 2008, I think it was. And, and mate, look, their story is great. The problem is is Red Bull, and Horner said this in one of his interviews, was Red Bull is not just a customer team. Mm. That's not what they're after. Because of their high standards and their pedigree in this sport, Adrian Newey designed these cards and their whole team working together, they can't just be a customer team where Renault give them 10 people and say, oh, this is what the engine does, this is out. They need to incorporate this engine into the car and yep. it needs to be 18 months out looking forward in development. Ultimately, Renault got sick of that because they wanted to put that energy into their works team. Now, Renault will end up probably supplying them or what will happen is Red Bull will require the uh, acquire the IP of the Honda engines and they'll go back to a Cosworth-type company, a third party, and they will essentially be their own, own engine manufacturer with the Cosworth branding or something like that mm. and continue that on if it's worthwhile. Now, we know Dietrich Massachusetts has got empty pockets. He can spend as much and or as little as he wants on his F1 team. And I think, I hope we get something like that. I think that's that's probably where it's moving. But, again, F1 needs some direction, and they need to be clear and concise about where this sport's going in the next five to ten years and 15 years yeah. without saying these are our goals, this is what mm. we want to achieve, but not outlining how to get there. Yeah. And until they do that and show some leadership, we're going to be having these dumb conversations. Well, Campy, <laughs> if, you were, if you were high up at Porsche, would you enter F1? No. Exactly. So unless the roadmap's cleared, no one's entering. So they need to sort yeah. that out. Otherwise, no manufacturer's going to jump in. Yeah, but they might have to pay. Yeah, you know, I mean, an initial investment. I mean, just think, we've had seven seasons of these turbo hybrid cars. Now, the motors aren't really changing moving forward in the next four to five years, other than they're going to look at some biodegradable fuels and blah, blah, blah. The big engine change will come in 2025, 2026. Mm-hmm. There's no point in Porsche investing a hell of a lot of money into where they're at at the moment, no. although they will have some, they will have an engine somewhere um, locked away in their cupboard from their LMP one days with Mark Webber, which will be able. I mean, you would be able to put some of that technology straight into Formula One, but teams aren't going to want to spend massive amounts of money for a four or five year development. They're going to want to look 10, 15 years down the track and go, oh well, it's, this is really worth our worth our time and money, but. Mm. Again, we need leadership. The next big question then out of this is if Red Bull were to go back to Renault, what does that mean for Max Verstappen? There's been conversations <sighs> around his contract having a clause in it that means that if Honda don't continue, uh, Karen has said that that's not a thing. Uh, we kind of think that Mercedes really wants him, don't we? Uh, although I'm not sure how interested I would be in going to Mercedes, noting the cycle of Formula One and the uh, success of teams, the demise of Mercedes is kind of overdue. Tommy T, if you're Max Verstappen Ooh. right now, how do you feel and what do you think you do? I, I would be very interested in going to Mercedes if I was Max. I wonder, I think about it from Lewis's point of view, 
that's some way to keep Lewis in the sport longer, I think. If he's got a proper teammate that's going to challenge him, like he can he can talk the talk, but I genuinely think he likes being challenged. He was really appreciative of how VB drove this week. He was praising Max how he drove this week. I think he's kind of – that's what's going to keep him in the sport. If he feels like it's just him at the front – winning all the time. He's not going to be enjoying it. So I reckon that would actually fire him up for another season. And what a season that would be for us. Yeah, that'd be good to see. And then Max sees that as an avenue of like, all right, I battle against uh, Lewis for a couple of years and then he retires and then this is my team. Let's do this. Mm. And if you were Mercedes, you'd be silly not to invest in Max and go, all right, well, we're sticking into the sport again, especially while the regs aren't going to change until 2025, 26. It makes sense to me for every party, to be honest. Yeah, it would make sense to George Russell. Campy, <laughs> your thoughts on what Max Verstappen should be doing? Um, I just think he stays with them this year and next year and 2022 uh, with the change of the regs um, and then assess his options after that. We've got Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton, which I don't think will be in the sport in the next two to three years. Um, certainly if Hamilton wins another championship next year, I, I can't see him leaving. Um, sorry, I see him leaving at some stage. Max is in that interesting part of his career where he's mm. he's so young and he's so giddy to get up and get in a championship winning car, but it's not there yet. The seat's not mm. on offer. But he's got time and longevity in the sport as well. So he needs to... He doesn't need to make rash decisions like a Daniel Ricciardo, switching teams and mm-hmm. moving around the place to try and find it because Danny Rick's under some time-sensitive um, restraints in order to get his world championship. Yeah. Yep. Where Verstappen has the next you know, 10, 10, 12 years realistically if that's how long he wants to stick around. Yep. But we know that guy's going to get frustrated if he's not in a car that's performing where it should be. And the only clause in his contract with Red Bull of an out clause is if the car's not competitive. So as long as Red Bull continue to be in the top two cars on the grid, I don't think he'll go anywhere. Now, the other big news for the weekend, uh, and I said this last fortnight, and I think this might be overshadowing potentially the result a little bit. It's uh, Cyril is now getting a tattoo. And uh, Come on, come on. <laughs> we've been asked uh, by some of our followers what our suggestions would be for those tattoos. Now, I thought immediately uh, he would do well to put uh, Max Verstappen 33 on your inside lip. Oh, no, sorry, that's campy. <laughs> Uh, DR three on the inside lip, mate. You could give some advice on uh, on oh, tattoos there. <laughs> That's my thought, Tommy T. What do you think in terms of a tattoo I idea? Let's do a honey badger. And so Danny said that he wanted it to be a little bit German theme because that's where it occurred. I think a honey badger in Lederhosen would be very good. <laughs> yeah. I'm digging that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I love Big that. Time. All about it. That's All great. About it. All right, well, oh, that's yeah. the Oz F1 endorsed tattoo then. Love that. <laughs> love that a lot. Okay, well, boys, it's time for our favourite part of the podcast. And Tommy T... Noting that you were 10 minutes behind us, <laughs> it's a slightly de- slightly delayed <laughs> review, uh, but take us through your broadcast review for this week. Well, so we can't really say much because we didn't have a whole Friday, mm. which was interesting. But it did I still mean- watched it. What did you watch? Rain pouring? Oh, commentary. <laughs> It was good. Jeez, you are a different kind of guy. 
Bryony is a lucky woman, tell you that. <laughs> oh, she was, she was born with so She was born with so I sat on the couch and watched it. Headphones on. What are you watching? Oh, the cars are never on track, darling. It's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Oh. What uh, we did have, though. We in, all need some alone time, don't we? That's my alone time cleaning your car, mate. We did have in free practice three, though, the uh, Lance Stroll not. <laughs> we did have uh, the Lance Stroll being sick. So we were wondering yes. who was going to fill that seat. So we had the whole, is Hulk going to come? Is Hulk going to come? And then towards the end of yeah. free practice three, we had uh, Crofty saying he's just checked social media and Nico's rolled up in a Porsche that used to be owned by Rosberg's dad, apparently. Yeah. That Hulkenberg has then wrapped because it probably looked crap before and he's made it all <laughs> silver and glitzy and hulked it up. But, uh, yeah, that's up. how we found out that Hulkenberg was getting his seat. Crazy. Yeah, at least Very Stoffel crazy. Van Dorn wasn't sitting there at the racetrack ready to go already. Oh, he was. <laughs> Poor Stoffel. Poor guy. He oh, doesn't, mate. I mean, you know, he's a Mercedes reserve he's driver, but uh, he's not getting a try. Like, the, everyone's Sorry, behind mate. behind Van. He, look, I'm sure he got some Modern Warfare in, and I'm sure he lost, like everyone else <laughs> in the place. But it was actually refreshing for Rosberg to add some interesting information. So that's, that's a point there. We'll give that a point. He also added a very oh. interesting brown leather jacket and shoes. Oh, that was shocking. That, guy, that guy has oh. got nearly as bad fashion as Campy. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> Oi, no, Campy Jeez. wears Alfatori. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, is very don't, fashionable. don't drag the Campy down to that level. The trench coat is just in his cupboard. He'll whip it out later if he has to, but it's for special Just some modelling, eh? Hello. Love, love Get that. the blue steel out. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was interesting. I think we're just seeing Crofty slip. He is... Mm. Nah, he's, he's been good. I like him. He's been funny, but he's out of it. He threw to Paul DeResta <laughs> for some reason. Paul's like, I didn't have anything to say. He's like, well, I'm hearing things. And no, but it, was, it was more like on. this. And up to Paul DeResta and Skyro's control, and Paul was like, uh, no, no, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just fell away from the microphone Just... again. Riveting, riveting uh, I didn't, television. I didn't actually, I didn't notice them this weekend, so that's probably a good thing. Yeah, if they can yeah. kind of slide by and there's no big ones, but Crofty's making some interesting calls. He's missing a lot of things. He's miscalling stuff, like passes that aren't happening. It's like, no, that's the original position, mate. But in general, pretty good. I think we'll give that a six. That was solid. Nothing bad. Yeah. Uh, look, I think I'm with you. Did we Six. have a flyover? No, it was too foggy. Couldn't get the medical helicopter out, so why would we do anything anything think, in the air? I think we saw the camera helicopter doing some flips and stuff, though. It was like... That pilot's always 11 out of 10 for me. He it, is legit. It absolutely. He or she is legit. Star. Yeah. But the medical Probably helicopter yeah. needs to uh, <laughs> suck it up. Medical helicopter. Sort it out, mate. So it's fog. Just go up. Just, yeah, go above just it. Just keep yeah. going up. You know there's not a mountain ahead above you, so just find the ceiling. <laughs> oh, no, what's above me? And then uh, punch sky. out of the bloody top of the ceiling. Anyway, what would I know? Nothing. Uh, okay, six there out of ten. Are. Well, that was, uh, that was good. Awesome. Well, let's get into the race then, lads. Team by team, as we always do. I'm so excited about this race uh, oh, because Danny, Danny Rick. Rick is just what a star. absolute <laughs> legend. Come on. <laughs> of course, we know uh, Kimi Raikkonen broke a record for being told that he was breaking a record and saying, I don't care about this record. That's the record that he broke. <laughs> 
this time around. But we'll start with uh, the back of the grid, Williams this time. Uh, George Russell uh, was so happy about Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> having a start. Oh, couldn't get, couldn't wait to be taken out by him. Uh, look, if you look back on his onboard, he didn't have a good time. Uh, he was hit by Kimi coming into T1. I'm surprised, actually, we didn't see more people collide with each other there. Uh, but he a great corner. corner. Oh. Great corner, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> really, oh, right. really good. That first I'll complex like is hard. Oh. Oh. They were set for some points, though, George Russell and uh, Latifi. Mark, shout out to you, annoyingly on, you know, saying in our Discord chat uh, that you were all about Latifi for 15th. Well, he came 14th. So well done on beating the original position <laughs> that you thought he was going to get into. I still reckon Latifi's going to get a point before George Russell, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just going to break that way, unfortunately, George. Sorry, mate. It's going to be that thing. Campy, what do you think of Williams this weekend? Yeah, good. Good. Showed some pace. They were in the fight, which was nice to see. Yep. Um, qualifying was okay. I, didn't, I mean, I think I think uh, Russell got out of Q3, which was good from memory, but I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I mean, both of them are up there, so that's good. Uh, really unfortunate for Russell to get taken out yeah. as he did. Yeah. I, I mean, Rockenden got a penalty for it, but as Rockenden, I mean, they're sort of halfway through that turn one. I mean, it's a deep drop off the – the front right's almost off the ground if you're hitting the apex. And Kimmy got on the gas a bit early and the front end kicked around. He just oversteered straight into him. I don't think it was deliberate. But uh, unfortunately, uh, ended ended Russell's race, which was a bit of a shame. It seems to be happening to him at the moment. Every it's time he's place, got cars. Time. Well, every time he's around a wrong car, he's getting taken out or punches or, or he's binning it and locking up tyres. I mean, yeah. he'll learn. He's making some of those mistakes yep. that young drivers do make. Yep. James, yes. do you think Latifi is doing better or worse than you thought going into the start of the season? I don't really know if I had any thoughts about him before the season started, if I'm perfectly yeah. honest. Uh, I think, yeah, look, the second... He's a dad. He's there's a dad. Been so many, there's been so many Williams drivers in the last, like, 10 years. I don't even know who's racing for them half the time anymore. Uh, no, look, I think he's doing yeah. pretty good. In terms of his consistency, he's there. I think George is a much better driver. I think he's faster. Yep. But he's not annoying. He's not doing anything necessarily wrong. I think he's just he's just showing up, and I think he's getting better each weekend. So to he's be my fair to him... Canadian on the grid, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. My favourite Canadian on the grid. Yes, that is what he is. Uh, absolutely. No, well said. Uh, yeah, I think he's doing, th- to be honest, he's doing pretty well. So uh, good for him. Can keep going. I, you know, he's around for next year as well. So potentially yep. we see Williams take a couple of steps forward. It's also good to see because a lot of noise was made when Claire left and Frank left uh, a couple of weekends ago, but uh, everything's sort of flying under the radar now, which is a good thing. There's no been major, like any bad strategy. There's been nothing happening badly on the pit wall or yep. over the weekend. So I think the they new ones are doing good stuff. They were playing with rubber ducks stuff. in the wet. That was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. That was good. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like the culture starting to shift now. And yeah. so when we come to the end of 2021 and the new regs happen and they've had this time to reestablish themselves, honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to them hopefully having a, a, t- a tighter time up the, the beginning of the mid-pack there. Let's talk about Haas because Roman Grosjean scored some points, boys, this yeah, weekend. Roman. Strategy. Roman's, this second half of this year, his start was pretty obnoxious, but <laughs> he is – I say obnoxious. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I said last week that I like him, yep. and I do. Yeah. I don't actually hate him as much as, as, much as. his mistakes, <laughs> and we rag on him 
very often. I don't actually mind him, and he had a good result this weekend. I think I'm pretty sure that car's getting better. Mm. Um, not from an engine perspective, but I think Haas are starting to make some gains off track in the chassis, which is getting a bit more confidence for K-Mag and Grosjean. But Grosjean, he's, he had a good weekend. So. Yeah. Now, of course, we were supposed to see uh, Callum Eilot in the Haas, and that didn't happen at all over the weekend. Uh, some conversation about whether or not we see him in Formula 1 next year. I don't think we do. I think Mick Schumacher is going to take that 20-point lead and smash it a little bit further along. Tommy T, your thoughts on who Haas are going to take for next year? I think it kind of depends on Red Bull and who they take. If they don't take Albon, it's going to be the leftover of maybe Hulk, Perez, whoever's up for that Red Bull seat. Whoever's left is kind of standing. Haas will go, we'll have whoever's left, please. <laughs> not, a, not a bad choice, to be to be fair, yeah, the rest of them. Either of those two would be great and an upgrade, unfortunately, for the current drivers. But, yeah, yep. I don't think it's going to be Callum, unfortunately. No. And it also doesn't look like... Uh, Grosjean's going to be staying around. The, the conversations we're hearing more and more and more is that he's yeah. planned out his next step elsewhere, and that's fine. You know, he's been in this sport for about 74 years, so uh, it's Not probably as time as for him to move on. Not yet, but, you know, Grosjean would care about that record and he would have made a big, big deal of it. Uh, K-Mag, 13th. Look, again, you know, not in the points, but uh, it, was, it was pretty solid performance by them. I hope they get better. I wanted them to get do well in Melbourne yeah. last year. I want Haas to do well. They always do well in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. except for this year. Because uh, <laughs> lucky they didn't go because they would have done terribly because they had a Ferrari power unit in the back of it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of another Alpha Romeo, Kimi, as I said before, smashing the record of not caring about records and being told by so many other people, including his race engineer at the end of the race, uh, I know you don't really care about this record, but congratulations about this record. <laughs> so, why did you Thank even you. bother saying that? Uh, Kimi Rockin, the people's champion. Oh, mate. What, what more can we say about the guy? He had a great interview. The people's champion. Great interview with Rubens Barrichello and Martin oh, Rundle. I missed it. Oh, it was very, very Same. good. Lots. I haven't oh. I haven't seen him engage that much, and that's all Rubens. So, Rubens, if you're interested in coming to Sky Sports, please replace half, of, half of the team. <laughs> keep Jensen, yeah. <laughs> keep Martin, yeah. replace yeah. the rest of them. Uh, but yes, that, was, that was good to see. Uh, how long do you think we realistically, Tommy T, going to see Kimmy stay around for? Do we th- do you see him alongside Mick Schumacher, for example, next I year? I reckon he'll finish out these regs, to be honest. Okay, yep. I reckon yeah. he'll wait. Yeah. Uh, I don't reckon he's here for new regs. I don't know if he's got it in him to go something completely different. He's like, this is kind of something I can understand and know. I've understood these turbo hybrids for the whole time. That'll do. And if he can help help bring in a Mick Schumacher and kind of teach him a bit, take him under his wing for those maybe one or two years, I reckon that's a great thing for that. I've that asked this no. question every couple of podcasts and I just it's just interesting because the further we get along, the, the obviously the season's progressing and, and him as a driver is progressing. Campy, you, you think the same thing that he's pretty much now guaranteed to stay around and I like that point, Tommy, about him sort of mentoring Mick through next year, who I think is definitely going to take that mm. seat regardless of how well Giovinazzi did this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Giovinazzi's gone. Unless he can draw, find a drive somewhere else, he needs to get out of that Ferrari junior uh, yep. junior program. So, yeah, the, look, the longer it goes on, you're totally right. I think a team is going to – well, F1 in general is going to roll the red carpet out for Mick Schumacher. Yes. He will have a drive somewhere and he will be – I think he'll be given two years, his hand held, whether he's driving poorly or greatly. He'll get a minimum two to three years because of his name mm. and I think he will develop into a very, very oh. good driver. He's worth whether the gamble. 
Weather is yep. as quick as some of our top drivers, like your Maxes and your DRs and your, your Lewises. I'm not sure yet. We haven't seen like results like that, but you just never know. The guy's got a guy's got a special name, and when he gets behind the wheel, he's he's done some great things this year. Although he's only had what two wins, and they come in the last two rounds. Yeah, you're right. He's been consistent, but he's also in a really good car in F3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really solid foundational team that's been there for a long time, that knows the chassis, knows the engines. Um, the biggest thing for these drivers is figuring out these Pirelli tyres, and I don't want to talk about tyres again. If you can adapt to these tyres and how they work to get them to the optimum, that's ultimately what gets you into F1. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear Mark Webber talk about the Pirellis. He hated them. Yeah. When F1 changed to one-time manufacturing just those, just these Pirellis, he said, I never really got them. I was competent enough to get them to a point, but I was never as quick as I was previously mm. because that didn't suit my driving style. Now, if Mick can get that sorted in his first couple of years, then I think he'll have a long yep. and accomplished career at some stage. And it's not really going to be him stepping out of F2 into F1 in a team like Alpha or Haas, a indicative drive of his talent. And I think we saw with Charles Leclerc, he lucked out big time when Sauber was actually doing really well when that um, <coughs> cheating power unit in the back of it, when it was performing really well in, in 2018. Uh, and it was almost like a, just a, a random blip that managed to put him towards the front. Uh, unlikely perfect to see timing. that. Yeah, it was, it was perfect well, imagine timing. Imagine if Giovinazzi had been in that car. Yeah. When, well, Ericsson was still performing really, really there. well as well. You know, totally. He, totally. You know, and he, he was a victim of that. And, you know, yes, I know, end up moving Kimmy down, but uh, we talked about Ocon replacing Hockenberg. Was Ericsson's replacement necessary either? Not really. I think, you know, the oh. guy, you know, I was ashamed for him in IndyCar this year because he, he worked really hard at that but he's doing really well in that series again just a really valued driver who was getting a little bit older and F1 went no we need someone younger again because apparently they can decide on that they can't decide on what they actually want to have as an identity okay let's <laughs> talk about Alpha Tauri uh, Kvyat had a shocking race didn't he uh, tried to get past Albon uh, well to be honest and it wasn't really his fault was it Albon cut across him uh, when he was only halfway alongside him coming in towards the final turn and took off his front wing just before the start of the straight, which meant he just missed the pit exit and he had to go around the whole track again without a front wing. I mean, Kvyat did try and jump that curb like a dickhead. So yeah, there is that. <laughs> there is that. Mm. He's just That's not, not performing. how you go through the chicane, mate. I just don't think he's performing as well as we thought he was going to be. We said this a couple of podcasts ago where, you know, yes, he's the, he's the, the standard and Red Bull can bring people in and out as and him as the marker. He's not filling with a lot of confidence at the moment. I think there's going to be more of an Albon Gasly back in Alpha Tauri and somebody else in Red Bull situation going on for, for 2021 because none of those seats have been confirmed yet, apart from Max. Didn't have a great weekend this weekend, but his previous two uh, weekends after Gasly's first win was Stella. So yeah. um, unlucky that Albon took him out. Mm, that, yeah. was just, that was silly. That was, that was a real dumb rookie move from Albon. Yep. I just don't think he was thinking... At that time. Like he was going to be there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he knew he was there as he was passing him. So pretty crazy. Shame for, shame for Kvyat. Ruined his race. Probably on for yeah. a points finish. But Gasly yeah, sort of but, did did well to sort of fly under the radar in six, really. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there was some. But he started in 11th, did he not? Well, he's, no, he started <laughs> behind Seb in 12th. Yeah. From memory. Yeah. yeah. But had, again, start on the medium. So on this track, that that strategy was really good. So 
Yeah, it's look. Let's not I think it was good because of safety cars. <laughs> we didn't have safety cars. It's I don't not think what I was it was what I'm really trying to say. Uh, sorry, Tommy. Yeah, I think the safety car helped that strategy. I don't think the medium was actually the best strategy, unless there was a safety car, which there was. Well, Grosjean did really well on the hards. To be fair to him, in terms yeah. of how how well yeah. he stayed out with that and that tire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Alpha Tauri only really good this weekend for supplying Campy with a very expensive, ill-fitting jacket to go with his ill-fitting rants. Uh, McLaren, <laughs> uninspired. <laughs> <bit right. laughs> you are so uninspiring, Campy. <laughs> Lando Norris. Now he, going through his head, I need to get cool. a, a shot of me sitting in a deck chair. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Dude was just not happy, was he? He was having to do all kinds of fails and fail safe rather in, in the program and eventually it looked like the side of the car was on fire. The power unit was trying to escape. Um, not surprising because it's French. And we'll see that hopefully change for McLaren next year in Mercedes power. But he was oh, yeah. so dejected. Campy, I've never heard Lando this dejected. <coughs> were you okay with him this weekend or are you still against Lando? No, Lando had a good had a really solid weekend. Uh, Science has got on top of him in race pace and one lap, lap one lap pace over the last five weekends, and he'd been beaten pretty comprehensively. Science had been getting some good results, and he wasn't quick this weekend. Got him in uh, qualifying, got him in race pace. I mean, he was sitting ten seconds in front of him. He was, you know, odds on for a fourth or fifth place until his power unit happened. So I can see why the guy's angry and frustrated. Yeah, he's um. I mean, and that was a brand new one, right? Yeah, it was brand new. F one is a tough sport in the sense that you don't get a year and a half to rest on your laurels and what you've achieved. Yep. Um, And there's some exceptions to that rule, like you said, Vettel's. He can have a really horrible year like this year (laughs) and still pick up a drive. But Lando's not there yet. Mm. Um, He's these guys are still really driving for their career, and he's gone under the radar in his his poorer performances against his teammate over the last five races. But for him personally, he really needs to get on. He needed that result this mm. weekend to prove to himself and his team that he's he's still got it. Signs may have had a bad weekend, but that's motorsport sometimes. Yeah. These things happen. Yep. Yeah. That's what makes our sport so exciting and to the last corner anything can happen. So unfortunate, but I think it was, it'd be good yeah. for his confidence. It's kind of tough. Like baseball is a team sport but it's actually an individual sport, whereas F1 is appears yeah. as an individual sport, but it's really a team sport, unfortunately. And unfortunately, his team and the engine let him down this week. Nothing out of his control, genuinely. like He was putting that car in the right spot, and his engine just gave up. And he was doing all the things. He was like, man, it was so hard to keep that car. He was changing settings constantly, yeah. trying to override this apparently sensor or something that was just – not letting the engine do what it needed to do. It sounded like you couldn't thought, get any battery power. Yeah, from what we I understood, thought you had to keep your engine in the same mode for the whole race. Now, is that right? yeah, it is. It just I the think fail in terms of sensors. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So not oh, actually changing the power that. mode, but just trying yeah. to tell the engine to keep going, and you're fine. To, to just shut get up, over and get it. going. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Get over it. Stop trying to fail. Ignore. Go. Yeah, but uh, Carlos did well in fifth, though. Tommy T. Genuinely, Carlos has been really solid. He's had some very bad luck this year with some DNFs yep. out of his control again. I think these guys are going to be stoked to have a Mercedes. Well, not Carlos. He's going to go to a worse engine than he's currently got, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but I think the McLaren team will be very excited to have the reliability of a Mercedes potentially because a lot of these things seem power unit. And this was a brand new power, power unit that Lando had 
this week. So I don't know. Are they going to have to take a fourth, which is a penalty and all those kind of things? That's very frustrating for him. Yeah, not uh, they've got a lot to look into, as he said at the at the end of the race. Uh, okay, let's talk about Ferrari because uh, Charles Leclerc. I, I had messaged you Your... both and said at the, for qualifying that we had a Mercedes and a Red Bull and a Renault lockout, and then about three seconds later, Charles <laughs> came and buggered that up. Not that it seemed to matter anyway. Uh, he was doing well. We were rooting for him in the period where he was trying to hold up Perez, Campy. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I was. I was a really big Leclerc fan at that stage. I thought, mate, if he can hold up, if he can hold up Perez for at least four laps, he's done the job. But again, did it for a lap and a half, and yeah, so he failed. So I was off him pretty much <laughs> pretty straight away. Yeah. Um, in saying that, I think uh, Ferrari showed that they had some pace in these conditions this weekend. Mm. Not not particularly race pace. I mean, you saw how quickly. Uh, Leclerc fell off from the top three in 10 laps. He was losing about two and a half seconds a lap, um, but still quick enough to hold up that midfield pack, although the race pace wasn't quite there. Um, He's quick over one lap. Give him that. He seems to be driving that car, as I continually say. I can't believe Seb so far back. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, If you look at the previous couple of year results with Mm. those two driving together, been pretty even this year for whatever reason. A bit of fuckery at foot, as I'll continue to say. Red Ferrari just allegedly, no, just a, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sprinkle got some legal advice for the viewers out there. Got some legal advice. It's not smart to mention Ferrari, the FIA, and corruption in the same sentence. So, Which you just did. the way the way around that is just to say allegedly at the end of everything, Don't think and we that could get you off the hook. But okay, oh, let's it try does. it. Implied, but you get it. So, yeah, look, give, give Leclerc some credit. He's trying hard at the moment. He's genuinely um, quick over one lap. I don't yeah. think you can say he's not. Like, last year that was his strength too, was one lap. Yeah, but get him in a car next to Danny Rick, he'll fail. So Yeah, but I think this is Leclerc's style of driving is going to be qualify well, maintain. I don't think he's got the actual race craft we think he does. I think he's kind of fall short in that. Whereas you see another driver who might have a bad qualifying, might not have the best car, but outdrives their car like a Perez, like a Daniel Ricciardo. Those guys get the most out of their car on a Sunday. Whereas you see Leclerc who like gets a perfect situation, gets his car to the front and just maintains. He's mm. playing defense on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not his fault that he's got a no, but that's heap his of junk style. underneath him. That's his style is what I mean. Like I don't think yeah. he's actually got the race craft to, go through a field like we've seen a Max do, like we've seen Daniel do. I don't think that's part of Leclerc's. When, when he does that, we have Monaco where he ends up crashing out and causing oh. chaos because he's a nut. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. He sees red yeah. mist. When he tries to overtake people yeah. and drive aggressively, he can't do it. He doesn't have that kind of – he needs to qualify well to have a good result. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I'm with you, Campy. Seb concerns me a little bit at the moment, I have to be honest. I don't know what the hell is going on with that car. It's like it's, it's a completely different version. He's not putting himself under pressure anymore. As we've said, you know, he's got his, his Aston Martin drive sorted out and secured and he can have a terrible year. But this is just not indicative of how he is as a racer. No, he's never been this far behind anyone in his whole career. Mm. And if you look last year, he wasn't that far behind. Leclerc, he was in front a lot of the time. It was quite 50-50. Yep. How much do we think is Ferrari, though? Kind of shifting their priorities. 100%. Genuinely, Ferrari seem like the kind of team that go, cool, all of our resources and everything going to Charles because you're not here next year. 
kind yeah, of. Yeah, they seem very bitter oh, about it. Oh, you've got it, a broken they? chassis, dude. It's got a crack. Yeah, cool, whatever. Nah, don't really but, care. But, like. but look at history. When you are Ferrari's number one driver, I mean, look at Alonso and look at how much Seb beat Alonso in that last year. And that's not indicative of how quick or how good Alonso was. That's indicative of a shit show of an organisation, poor leadership at the top, poor culture, shafting a four-time world champion and saying, look, we need to make this player in it. This is not about the team and how it's operating. It's about our public perception of the team, and that is Ferrari's biggest issue. Yep. Their public perception of what they are and their branding and their lifestyle and all the BS that comes with it is at the forefront of every decision they make, and they cannot get anything right practically on track or off track at the moment. And them <laughs> shafting Sebastian Vettel, just Tommy, <laughs> he's poking the bear. They, uh, mate, get him, can't Look, my hatred for Ferrari is real at the moment. I want them to be up the top, yep. but I want them to get it right. Unfortunately, Bonotto and his bunch of cronies, whoever's behind him, need to all get sacked. They need to bring a whole new team yep. in, headed up by Maurizio or Arava Benny. Yes, bring him bring back. Because he wants a job in. too. Throw him in there. I don't want a job. I wouldn't work for Ferrari. I couldn't wear red. That would just look <laughs> yuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's not part of the AlphaTauri lineup, Tommy T. You know that it's nah. dark blue sorry, or white, obviously. Silly. Nah, but look, it, it just fr- it really frustrates me as a fan. Yeah, look, I yeah, it just frustrates me as a fan. Seb's been hard bun- done by, and I hate seeing that. Yeah, I don't like it. Looking forward but to next it is, year. It's how it, it's how it is. Well, so, let's talk about I'll, something a little bit happier in Germany about a German, Nico Hockenberg. Oh, what a bloody oh, an additional superstar. If you didn't vote oh, for Nico Hockenberg as driver of the day, are you even a human being? Is my question. Well, I voted for, for Daniel Ricardo. I actually voted for Hulk. Yeah, so I voted for Hulk because oh, I didn't because vote. mate, you kicked off the podcast. Get off. Okay, fair enough. But in, in my defence, Your Honour, the fact that he did like four laps. Before actually oh. setting a time, it was only four tenths off getting out of Q1 into Q2, and he was drinking yep. coffee in the morning in Insane. Cologne, like an hour Did you away. see his free practice? Did you see what he did? He no. sat in the car and he went like this. Oh, yeah. Good. It works. Good the steering wheel turns so, left and it goes qualify. right. Let's yeah. qualify. Still had his Renault helmet, no, which is good. Oh. It's like, I just yeah, popped this did. back on, <laughs> which was kind of nice. That guy is an absolute star. Like, to get in a car, having woken up that day going... I'm going to go back to that and do some maybe TV. Yep. And then go, you're actually going to drive it at the highest level we have in motorsport in one of the more competitive cars. Okay. Epic. <laughs> and epic, to be honest, yep. 20th Mate. to 8th. Like, get out of the, the room. Like, the dude is, that is so much <sighs> skill. And yes, okay, some people retired. And yeah, that's racing and everything else. But the fights he that he was. He passed a lot of those guys. Oh, on he, track. That's, that's yep. exactly right. He, he came up from, he was in 20th to 17th by the end of lap one. Yeah, incredible! Yep. Like incredible drive. Can't be said enough. This guy deserves a seat. It is crazy totally. that no one yep. has given him a seat yet or confirmed a seat for him for 2021. What concerns me even more so, though, is the reports that he did a, uh, a German TV interview afterwards saying that Haas wasn't really confirming anything and Red Bull wasn't really an option mm-hmm. either. So we kind of went through that flavor of the month, didn't we, with Nico Hockenberg and the option. Now I think that maybe the flavor of the month for Red Bull is Sergio. Either, to be honest, deserve it, uh, yeah. but mm, my heart is more in behind Hulk. I would like yeah. to see him back in just because of you, how well he's done. You could make a case, though, if Hulk was in a seat this year, say, was still in the Renault, do you think that would be better for his stock, that, say, than doing this, coming in no. off no notice 
and performing as well as he did. Like, I don't know. There's potentially his name is in brighter lights this way than if he was just I see what you're saying. Yep. kind of cruising through normally Yeah, I for, think, a, for a drive. Does I that make sense? It does. I think, you know, he would have ended up staying at Renault as a consistency because he would have yep. been up with Danny Rick. The other issue, though, is that because it would have been pretty much the same as last year in terms of him still being a little, a little bit behind, we would have gone, oh, well, he doesn't really deserve it, does he? Because he's not the same class as Danny Rick. But what in hindsight, we see Correct. how bad Ocon is. Correct, because yeah. of Ocon, he is, is bright, absolutely. Uh, but I would still say to Renault, get rid of Ocon, put Hulkenberg back in next to Nando and get Nando French. and Hulk. Yeah, but I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Span- Genuinely. A Spaniard and a German in a French team would be good for it, honestly. Uh, but it's still crazy yep. that someone like Haas hasn't hasn't snapped up Nico. It'd be crazy not to snap him up. Oh, I, I don't understand. Look, last year we were having all those conversations. He's had a good crack in yep. the farm, but he's not cracking it with the top cream of the crop of this, of this field. In saying that, he is a better driver than a lot of these dud young kids on the on the grid at the moment. Um, it's a shame. You saw the guy's a consummate professional. Comes out, four laps, puts a quality lap oh. together, 1.7 seconds off a Mercedes around a track that he hasn't driven this car. What? He hasn't driven it. He hasn't driven it for, you know, seven, or eight, yeah. for seven or eight weeks. Oh. Um, and then and you look at his race pace, solid. He hadn't driven a, he hadn't even driven a car with the full fuel load on it's at insane. the start either. So so he's constantly the guy is absolutely competent yep. and he's a he's a consummate professional, deserves a drive. Whether he get one, whether he gets one, it'll be interesting. But the pressure's back on F one teams now. If Red Bull's gonna keep Albon, Alpha Terry's gonna keep your Gasly's, your Kiviats, and potentially your Albon, if Giovinazzi sticks around, if Magnuson and Grosjean stick around that doesn't make sense to no. me when you've got the calibre of drivers like Perez and Hulkenberg sitting on the side. Now, these teams have got the opportunity to sign these two guys and these two guys should be on the grid next year. Whether that happens or not, we do not know. But when we rag on these junior drivers like the Albons next year, we're just going to sit there and say they had the chance to get a better driver and they didn't take it because of their own stupidity. Yeah. And I th- again, this just shows my point from a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We're concentrating too much on younger, inverted commas, drivers. These guys yeah. are like late 20s, early 30s. And it's not an old age to be when you're doing this sort of stuff. You know, Mark Weber was saying, it's like, oh, 36, I'm really starting to think whether or not I can find that extra tenth, extra two tenths or whatever needed. He still would have done. Yeah. He still would have absolutely smashed it if mm. he had decided to stay for the change of regulations. So, yeah, you gotta you got to give a little bit of attention back to these guys who have shown so much commitment to the sport and to these teams. And when Renault threw Nico out, it was a bit... A bit sad. Anyway, that it is what it is. I look forward to hearing in the next couple of weeks what is going to happen because they're going to have to. It, you know, yeah. Christmas is not that far away, which means the end of the season is not that far away. Uh, we're pretty close to seeing it, and I think we'll probably see an announcement uh, at least before Abu Dhabi, if not on Abu Dhabi, and we'll see Mick Schumacher being announced. Uh, he'll do FP1. Is the next opportunity he's probably going to have to do for Alfa Romeo. He'll be announced there to take Giovinazzi, and everything will sort of. Viral from, mm. from that. Uh, so we're not too far away from that, which is good. Uh, yeah. Perez, though, uh, I look, I like Sergio, and I was like, don't you get anywhere near Daniel Ricciardo. Get behind. Stay behind the cliff. <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> Go away. Uh, sad for him that he only got fourth, but happy that he only got fourth. Uh, yes. He did such a good job, though. His pace was oh, like, at the end, I'm like, oh, I'm getting very nervous now. 
Yep. But I said, and he finally got all the upgrades yes. as well. Yes. Good. Oh. <laughs> it's insane. It, it only Why took Stroll to be sick. Why Stroll in yeah. the first place? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, Nico's like, just give now me the car that I had in, in Great Britain because yeah. that's what I remember. Yeah. Crazy. Nah, he had a great job. Uh, he's he's unlucky and it just didn't break right with the safety cars this time, but he's been benefited in other races, so it was DR's turn to have a bloody good luck race for once. I don't think he would have passed DR anyway. I mean, if you look at the first 16 laps of um, Perez's second stint on that yep. medium, Danny Rick was 15 and a half seconds on him. Until that safety car came out, it was about 10 and a half. And it, that's five and a half seconds he took out of him in the first 16 laps on tyres where he should have been getting more. Danny Rick was clearly managing. It would have been tight and there would have been a good battle at yep. the end, but I still reckon Danny Rick would have held on. We saw, mm-hmm. we know how good that. Renault is on tyres, yep. and we we saw that the the finishes to races like Spa and Silverstone too. How good Danny Rick is in that last lap, how much pace he had in saying that. We're talking about Perez. Perez drove well, and for a guy that doesn't have a drive next year, and given the big finger to a team that has neglected him because the the owner son get preference. I mean, how do you how would you feel as Checo going into a race like this? And performing like he yeah. did, and from his side of the argument, he would have got a podium. Yeah. And going back in, you got this dud over here. What are you doing? That just creates more animosity, and I hope Checo, you know, comes out publicly. and. I think you'll get a you seat know, first, and mud. then he'll throw some mud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, throw some mud. It'll stick. Yeah, I would love to see him next to Max. Yeah, I just... It, oh. Yeah, so do I. Oh, it'd be, it'd be great. great. Yeah. And he just, I think Checo deserves a spot yep. in that top team. He needs a top team crack. He hasn't had his chance. He had yeah. that early McLaren one. He was too young. We've all discussed that. We all agree. He needs another yep. crack, and he deserves it to see what he could do in a top team. Perfect for Red Bull. Perfect. I mean, look at the con- look at the constructors this year. Not that um, Red Bull would have beaten uh, Mercedes, but the majority of the points have come from Max. Yep. Oh. Albon, moving on to Red Bull, may as well now. <laughs> Albon has been so shit <laughs> on track, but from a team and a points performance, well, Tommy, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. Everyone knows it, but I've said it from day yeah. one yeah. since they took him 18 months ago. You did. Um, and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed, but for Red Bull in a Constructors' Championship, Max is contributing all the points. If they have a Checo in there or a Hulkenberg, they'll be continually getting that third and fourth and fifth spot and keeping those points tick along in a championship. If it was tied in the Constructors, you need a good teammate. Yeah. I mean, mean, look at the midfield at the moment and how close it is. I mean, not that Red Bull are in that fight, but... Um, these are the, moving forward. Red Bull getting better. These are the sort well, of drivers. Red Bull that are in that fight because that's need. where Albon is consistently playing. He should be above it. Why uh, is he Albon's. fighting midfield teams? He should be literally on Max's heels, just following him around every Sunday. Just be sitting there, right behind Max. Yep. Like, why is he not doing well, that? And Max has not had a rear gunner this entire season. A few times last right. season, he did have that with Gasly. More often than not, he didn't. But it's been nearly two years since Max has had the benefit of a teammate who's even close to him. And we see how yeah. beneficial you know, that is to it, Mercedes when they can use each other just to kind of 
eliminate Max from the competition and make him a third. Here's another stat for you guys. Since Danny Rick left Red Bull, the second Red Bull car has had a podium once. He's also had a podium once in a Renault. So if that doesn't Dude. say volumes, I don't yeah. know what does. Look, they, it was even that bad this weekend that they performance punished him by retiring the car yeah. when there was nothing yeah. wrong with it. Let's be yeah. honest. That was that was oh, awkward wrong with and the, disappointing. The the, the phalanges wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they've identified some problems with Albon's car in the, the way driver? that he wants to set up. Yeah, not just. <laughs> got me there cause he's, oh, look, I don't care about telling you my opinion. The guy's shit. Oh, get rid of him. He's a good C grade driver. Mate, James and I Both were so mate, high on him. And, and he's yeah. let us down, hasn't he, James? Yeah. Well, that's again. We just wanted him to do point. well. Put him, yeah. put him back in AlphaTauri. <laughs> put him back to AlphaTauri. I honestly think is the best thing for him and Pierre to both be in that team because yep. that car suits them better than it, than the Red Bull does, and so they'll be able to push themselves as in as a team higher and higher and higher. And instead of just being the sister or junior, and it's mm. they keep saying oh, it's the sister, it's still the junior team, and they're flailing around down the bottom. You can have some consistency up there because the current situation in both Red Bull and down in AlphaTauri is not working for either team. There's one driver in both that seems to be doing consistency and, and that's not happening. Okay, let's talk about... Well, Red Bull... No, sorry, yeah, just quickly. Go. Red Bull bought a whole new chassis for Friday practice for yep. um, Albon this weekend. And what they did on that chassis that's different to the current one was they um, had different suspension mounting points. They wanted to put training wheels identif- on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> But they wanted to use that to try and uh, help Albon in his setup preferences because they identified that would help, but unfortunately we didn't get any running. But Red Bull made the decision. You've made these tough decisions right throughout your whole history. Do it now, do it quickly, and get Hulk in for the rest of the year and get Checo in for the whole year. And if you check out, just move now. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to happen. No, but, but that yeah. wouldn't that be something if he just does that and the guy goes, thanks very much. See ya. Seb hops straight out of the f- – we'll just have silly season for Abu Dhabi. Everyone's f- in a different car going, oh, hang on a second. Well, he's wrapped up, he's wrapped up in cotton wool. If Checo yeah. bailed across, they'd just bring Hulk for the rest of the season, surely. Yeah. I go, yep, you can yeah. stay. Yep. Well, why don't we just get rid of drivers like Lance Stroll? Yep. And drivers like – if you're interested in campy Formula One, campy one, Formula Campy, <laughs> we're seeking sponsorship now. Go to campy.com. Uh, all right, let's talk about Renault because Ocon yes. uh, was kind enough to just completely get out of the way so we could only focus on superstar Danny Ricciardo. I was on my at the absolute edge of my seat. Couldn't was hardly breathing for the last two laps because I was like, I just need this so much. So much to happen. Everyone was so excited that he won. Even the Red Bull, look, credit to the Red Bull garage. They got out and, and gave him some fist yeah. bumps as well, oh, which yeah. is which is so good to see. Like there's there's nice moments with nice people. It speaks to how much he's loved across all of yeah. F1. Yeah, and it was, it's you know, finally he gets it there. And I think before we started recording this, I said, Campy, that, you know, now I'm maybe potentially starting to think along the lines of maybe McLaren's not a good thing and Renault's, you know, looking stronger. But you said very convincingly your point about Danny Rick. Yeah, well, what I said was I said – Danny Rick in a car is going to overdrive it and make the car look better than what it actually yep. is. I mean, if you look at it at a good, solid 
B-grade driver like your Ocon, he drives that Renault and he doesn't look quicker than the Racing Points or the McLarens and their direct rivals. Um, whereas you get a guy like Danny Rick who's outperforming the car, consistently looks quicker than them. So I think when Danny Rick gets into that Mercedes, he'll take it another step again. It may take them 12 months to figure out what Danny Rick wants out of the car and how to drive it, but he'll be able to step in that car pretty convincingly next year, and I think he'll make Lando look like he's made Ocon look this year as well. And with the benefit of time in that car, one year, 18 months, two years down the track, he'll just continue to drive like yep. he's doing at the moment. As for Ocon, he had, a, he had a weekend this weekend, which hasn't been very different to the whole year, yep. really. He's been behind Danny Rick in qualifying, behind him in race pace, didn't do a good start, dropped back behind the, his four main competitors in Perez, Sainz, Norris and Ricardo. Um, unfortunately for him, this is motorsport, breakdowns happen, suck it up, mm-hmm. but... For him, it was just a pretty standard weekend. Or yeah, that. I hear what you're saying, James, but I'm excited to have a team that's – we know how Red Bull is built around Max. I think McLaren's going to be built around Daniel Ricciardo. I think they're that excited. Like, we know that Zach's wanted him for a long time. It already they're is. Gonna sell out. They're going to sell out and go, I want this guy to be the centre. What do you want for the car? Like, that Red Bull is set up for Max, and maybe that's why other drivers have struggles with it, but – Mm. Mate, Max performs in it, so I can see the same thing happening for Ricardo. That car is well, we, just going to be perfect for him. Yeah. With that same interview that Zach Brown did on Beyond the Grid, he said exactly the same thing. So the reason why he got Andreas Seidel and James Key into the team was so that he could get Daniel Ricardo into the team. Yes. Now, if that's not a long-term, like, that's big Rick energy right there by Zachy big Brown. Big Rick energy. And we love Zach Brown, absolutely. But listening to that podcast, like, if you haven't listened to that, do yourself a favor. Don't stop listening to this just yet. But after this, <laughs> yeah. go right, review that. this one, then go that one. Be correct, because honestly, <laughs> Zach Brown is going to just, is the glue of that, that organization that is yeah. going to really do wonderful things. That And I think you're right, Ken in terms of how Lando is going to perform. But unlike Ocon, I think he's got the ability to shape and learn. And it's never going to be a I'm versing Daniel Ricciardo. It's I'm learning from Daniel Ricciardo. Whereas mm-hmm. Ocon's like, I'm out and I'm racing Daniel Ricciardo. No, you're not, mate. He's yeah, completely on a different a different playing yeah. field. So I'm excited for him. And yeah, I'm just ready with my McLaren merch that I got for my birthday. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, ready for next year. When was your, when was your birthday, Jim? Uh, well, we had two Oz F1 birthdays uh, from someone who doesn't like birthdays, uh, the person sitting next to me. And <laughs> who said that? Uh, so happy birthday to you, Tommy T. And my birthday hey, was... Oh, was your birthday too? Yeah, yeah, under the radar. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Look, that one's slip. Sorry, mate. Uh, oh, look, mate, that is you can go for an hour by you, singing, the, the, best gift you by can singing the Russian national anthem. Go on. <laughs> mate, look, Only if you've got 20 symbols. In my defence, for people that see your birthday on Facebook and then send you a text, that's not you remembering. That's like <laughs> something doing something for you. This is the only time I've ever agreed with Campy. I completely agree. Shut up. Yeah. Like if yeah. Don't, don't wish Tommy T happy birthday. That's, don't. That's the outcome. Happy birthday, mate. <laughs> there I you go. It. I love you, mate. Good on you. You're a there you go. Thanks, Campy. Uh, let's talk about another good lad because this was an incredible moment and he was incredibly humble at this moment. I'm talking about Mick Schumacher. Handing over yep. his yep. dad's helmet. Uh, there was a, a press release via Instagram from the Schumacher family saying how they wish Michael was there. Look, very, to be honest, Lewis was very humble as well. He was actually genuinely shocked, which was a nice thing to see oh, mm. in terms of, of that yeah. saying, wow, this is a, a genuine honor. And I believe that. And, oh, absolutely. And I think it's, 
you know, I think it's really sad that we still don't have Michael around to be able to support that. But how Mick is holding himself together at the moment, like, you know, we're talking about him racing and everything else. So many people have their dads around to support him and especially like like even his cousin, right? David Schumacher's got Ralph in the paddock coaching, Mm. getting him engaged, all that sort of other stuff. And yes, got Uncle Ralph for some advice, but it's not quite the same. same. This guy's holding himself together incredibly well. So Vettel has said this as well in another podcast and even said that over the weekend too in terms of showing Michael Schumacher uh, tribute on Seb's helmet to Mick. That was a whole lovely situation. Congratulations, honestly, to Lewis Hamilton. 91, you're a mega, mega superstar in this sport, mate, and you're incredibly talented. We do appreciate how well you drive the car. Sometimes we don't agree with how your attitude is, um, (laughs) but no one agrees with how my attitude is most of the time. Just ask my wife. (laughs) Everyone thinks I'm a dickhead too, so join the club. Uh, And we're just three white guys on a podcast. Uh, You're actually out there killing it. So big congratulations to him. Absolutely. Uh, Absolute superstar. You oh, do deserve huge. it, mate, and and well done to you. Yep. Uh, sad though for VB, uh, he was very dejected when they had to retire the car. His team radio broke my heart a little bit because I tell you what, out of T one, we're talking about T one in terms of how good oh. that corner is, and even Lewis oh. said at the end, like big respect to Valtteri there because Valtteri was like, "No, mate, I'm still here and I'm still Which going." Which is what we've kind of yep. wanted from VB, and yep. he's doing it, and yeah, he took it to him. You're absolutely yep. right. So the fact that it didn't work was disappointing. I love it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I came into uh, Tommy's place of work on Friday and I just said, <laughs> oh, Val, VB's going to win it this he weekend. I just, I just knew that he would. And, and for, then he put it on pole? To, like, oh, uh, come on. Exactly. And the turnaround. I mean, five tenths he was getting beaten by in Q2 by yep. Hamilton, then beat him by two and a half. Yep. He had some genuine pace in that car. I think, unfortunately for – look, this is my theory and it's and if and or buts and what could have been and what should have been, but – he locked up. He'd been having problems on that corner all weekend. I don't think it was what he was doing. I just think fundamentally the car was different every time he went into that corner for whatever yep. reason. Therefore, he locked up big. But when he came back out, he was already he, on his new set of tyres. He was already in front of um, Verstappen and Hamilton, um, pit stop wise. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him, if the race had played out with no virtual safety cars, um, or yellow flags, he would have got out back in front of Lewis and Lewis would have had to make the move again. I think he would have won. That's just my opinion. Yep. Could be wrong, but I don't really care. <laughs> Fight me about it. Um, <laughs> I feel sorry for VB because yeah, yeah. he's done everything right over the last four or five race weekends in the sense yep. that he's qual- he's qualified within half a tenth, three times of Lewis. He's beaten him a couple of times, got a couple of poles, yep. got a race win finally. He's starting to put it together. And for this to happen on this weekend is just a real shame. You know what was telling this week was when Lewis got interviewed post qualifying, and he was like, he didn't know where the two tents were that he was behind. Yeah. Usually Lewis would be like, yeah, I stuffed up there, stuffed there. He's like, he genuinely had no idea how VB was two tents fast at him. When you can do that to Lewis Hamilton and he has no idea, you know you've had a bloody good race. Oh, yeah. That qualifying was awesome. Like, you don't see Lewis Hamilton questioning, going, oh, how did he do that? And that, that was him. He was perplexed. So VB had a ripper of yeah. qualifying and he was going to be on for a great race. He was just very unlucky. Yeah, sad for him. But, you know, good that uh, we had the 91st victory in Germany. There was a nice touch to that 
as well. And yeah. th- we had a crowd. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned this last time except for the Russian Grand oh. Prix. There was a crowd, but no one's really surprised about that. There was a good socially distanced German crowd there. They were being very efficient in using the space. Uh, that was really nice to see. It was nice to see the drivers actually wave to people again that aren't just the marshals waving every coloured flag <laughs> that they've possibly found in the shed. Fantasy. Fantasy. Well, boys, that's the race done and dusted. Uh, Danny Rick just on an upward trend, looking forward to seeing how he does in Portugal. Now's my favourite part of this. I've had a uh, really enjoyable time going through the Fantasy League again, as we always do at this part of the podcast, oh, and, and some wonderful names. And I'm that excited only because I'm now beating Campy again. That's, oh, the real, that's the real truth. But before we get to where we three did are... You use it, no, did you use your extra No, mate. I had a turbo drive. driver of one Daniel Ricciardo, which is 100 oh. points. So that is why I smashed that and uh, and Renault. In fact, I have have Ricardo in your team. Can be. No. No, oh, you're the worst. Got, I think I've got troll. Yeah, you had Hulk and I haven't. I haven't. I haven't changed it since the Here start. Here we go. Here so. comes the excuse. I don't really care. Uh, the best. I couldn't the, give a shit. I looked at it once a week for good names. Correct. And, and Harrison, here we go. Harrison Phillips, mate, you're performing every day. Sunday. The best team names that I've picked up so far. Uh, this is no particular order. One hundred million dollar dues. Uh, Jay Wallace, Red Bull Hass, no engine. H Phillips, Dictator Dan. That's, that's that'll Harrison. be Hayden Moral. Well done, it's going to be Campy's favourite, I can always tell. And uh, Eiffel 65, Dave Mudders. Very good. (laughs) Well done from you. Uh, Our podium at the moment, uh, coming in first, Hulk is back, back again. Ah, Moxley on 2,314 points. Very, very good by you. I love this by Jay Moore. (laughs) Then coming in second, life's like a box of Chantox. (laughs) That's funny. Very good. Very good. Uh, 2,263 yeah. points and a new addition, someone who I used to work with uh, actually, which is very bizarre uh, and I still hold it against you Tim Bowden, that you didn't take me to the Air Force integration with Red Bull back when Danny Rick was doing the wonderful things down in Victoria, so uh, you're welcome to listening to the podcast I look forward to taking some selfies with him to rub it back in your face, there it is, I got that out uh, he's coming in third though, so you're smashing all of us in terms of this, Hammer Tim E, so I'm just going to go Hammer time, Tim Bowden, two. 1,147 points. Campy, you're in 23rd. Well done. You're going further south. Uh, I've consistent, consistently consistent. average, like me. Uh, <laughs> and I'm in 16th. Tommy, good news. The team that you have put effort into is still not beating the team that you have oh. no access to. It's in 52nd. <laughs> and your other team's in 46th. So yeah. there is that. Uh, look, honestly, we love seeing there's so many more names uh, in there. Do yourself a favour. If you're not already part of the Oz F1 Fantasy League, uh, you're not going to win anything, but you certainly can... <laughs> you can still beat me. You can still beat Tommy T, but also go and have a laugh at the team names. It is incredibly funny. So thanks so much for doing that and joining us with that. Some shout outs as well. Uh, this weekend, although Tommy T was behind, uh, we had, I have to thank George for putting us onto Discord. If you aren't on Discord, you can jump in and join what we two, well, us three, it was us two over the weekend, normally do, which is a three way chat about everything that's going on in the race. You can jump in and be part of that. Uh, yes, Campy was using it. He was on it, doing a thing I know. with his I telephone. Uh, but a big shout out to George uh, for that. So thank you, mate, for putting us onto that. Um, Jeez. No, it was good. I, I hate that stuff. I hate it. But that was yeah. good. 
I will not be using it during the week. I'll use it on the race. Yeah, obviously. No, it's good. So it's good. get involved, I've, guys. Uh, feel free to, to jump across. Uh, there's all, all the kinds of the thought processes that we have uh, will be laid out there because we'll do that instead of messaging each other. Uh, so big thanks to those guys and to Mark, Dave Munnis, Coco28 and Cappy Race for jumping in there as well. And also on Instagram, if you DM'd us, Mark Smith and Mikey, thank you very much for coming to us uh, with all that sort of stuff. We'll discuss all of that and more as we always do on the next podcast if you write into us. So please feel free to do that. Uh, you can leave us a review. We haven't had a review for a while, so uh, I don't know what we're doing wrong. I think maybe it's because you can see our faces now. <laughs> Everyone's uh-huh. gone, oh, <laughs> this is not something. No, but honestly, thanks for that. If you're listening to this via audio, took me a while to talk we're to on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> uh, this is our second video podcast, so look, feedback is welcome. We will get better, better equipment and all that sort of stuff to come down range. Boys, always, this has been a pleasure as it always is and a massive shout out to the boys in Entente for their music we're going to go to a new track in uh, over just over two weeks time uh, just under I should say two weeks time in Portugal and then a uh, very very short not exactly well, very very short weekend running in track. which I'm very very yeah. much looking forward to so <laughs> I can't be stopped that will be a dud this is why I don't go fishing because I just end up doing this at the end of the podcast but <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks very much for your time, and uh, it's been great to review this. Thanks very much to you for subscribing and liking this podcast, for you listening to it, and we shall see you in two weeks' time. No, I didn't see one. I didn't. I was watching the MotoGP. <clears throat> I couldn't get that up on K. I was having the same problem as the boys. I was like literally in the MotoGP section trying to watch it live. Wouldn't come up. Yeah, I had the same problem. I couldn't get the motivation to watch a shit sport. <laughs> yeah, a lot of basketball, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>